Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 153 of the DC Comics News Podcast. It's an important work week for DC, as we'll discuss, but I won't be talking to myself. That's scary enough, and it happens every day anyway. Oh, no. Today, I'm with the wonderful, the miraculous, the magical Mr. Brad Felicki. Brad, how are you? I'm good. Good. Good talk to you. Oh yes, it's been it's been a couple of weeks, but uh, it was lovely having yeah. Yeah. Kelly back last week. I'm dying to yeah. hear that full episode when it comes out. So looking forward to that. But today it's the dynamic duo of Brad and Steve. And speaking of dynamic duos, well, something fairly big happened two days ago as we record this, and that was the release of Matt Reeves' The Batman. Have you seen the movie yet? And if not, when do you think you will? And what are you hoping for, sir? I have seen it. Uh, I absolutely, I, I absolutely loved it, uh, uh, and I, and I am thrilled of you know that people are loving it too. It seems to be getting a really good buzz from people who've seen it, which is very encouraging. Um, you know, let me throw this back to you real quick. Have you seen it? Yes, absolutely loved it uh, again. I'm stunned by the mainly positive responses because usually people dump all over a DC movie before it's even been released. And people were swearing about the casting of uh, Pat, Pat, Pattinson as soon as it was announced. But, hey, they did the same thing with Michael Keaton. Hey, they did the same thing with Ben Affleck. And now a lot of them are saying, actually, well, no, the guy was great. I mean, um, without spoiling too much, I have to say that I liked the Christopher Nolan movies because they were good films, but they weren't particularly good comic book movies or Batman movies, in my opinion. This toes the line between a dark, gritty uh, DC movie and a comic book movie perfectly. So, yeah, I mean, what did you think? Again, trying to keep it as spoiler-free or spoiler-light as possible. I, people. Yeah, I, I'm going to say that uh, there has never been a more Batman-heavy Batman movie. Uh-huh. There is so much Batman in this movie and not a lot of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Uh, so, and it really leans into the detective in the Dark Knight detective. Finally. And yeah, and that's something. And, and you know, we, we talked on the podcast at length about how this is going to be like a Batman movie that you've never seen before. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a totally fresh take. And it was, it, it is. And I, I but not for the reasons that I was expecting. And I think one of the reasons that it does feel so fresh and different is that it really does lean into that detective part of the character. And that is something that we really, we really haven't seen. And one of my favorite things about it is the, the ways that he uses source material. Oh, indeed. Uh, you know, um, granted, you know, most comic book movies are not straight adaptations of the comic. Uh, it's that that's nearly impossible to do, but there are like certain points or certain beats that it has to hit. Uh, but this really takes that in a fresh direction. Like I saw bits, I, I feel, well, I, I, I don't want to get too deep into some of the things because I don't want to get too spoilery, but, um, certain stories, uh, year one, of course, um, no man's land and, uh, even year two, uh, certain you know, but but not in ways that you would think. Not um, uh, I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say, but not 
I see where you're coming from. They've more inspired and homaging the spirit of those stories rather than being direct right. adaptations. Yeah, it's more like a painting than a photograph. Yeah. And that, I think, is makes this film feel real fresh. And not just um, not just the source material in the comics, but the other Batman films. Um, oh, yeah. The, the twins kind of reminded me in some weird way as kind of like a throwback to Bob the Goon, things like that. Uh, and and the, so the way that he used past stories, I think, was really, really cool in this movie. And the look was just amazing. I mean, it, the, the cinematography. And I, I, I think this is my favorite Batmobile. So I'd have to agree with you 100%. The twins creased me up because they clearly show Matt Reeves is a reader of all Batman comics every era because it was straight the way Batman and Bruce Wayne turn up at this club is straight out of Mike Barr's um, late 80s run on detective comics which was drawn by Alan Davis where there was a character called Moose and every few issues Batman would turn up at the club work his way in trick Moose punch Moose knock Moose out say Moose look what's behind you and that felt just like that so he's got the comedy in the film was quite few and far between, but it was necessary and it was funny. It wasn't just shoehorned in like many Marvel movies. You get a really tense movie, a, a moment, and someone shoehorns, a jo- shoehorns in a joke and it totally detracts from what you're seeing. The humour here was very, very rare, but used perfectly. And I, I just love this film from beginning to end. I mean, I can say that probably I could have done with a bit more Bruce Wayne, but that's coming in the next two films. The catalyst of um, a particular character almost coming to harm, I'm not going to say which one because there's a few that Bruce loves in this film, is the catalyst for more Bruce in later movies. And let's remember, Batman Year One, Long Halloween, uh, Batman Year Two, even the comics, this era of Batman, that's all he wanted to do, it's all he wanted to be embracing the role of bruce wayne embracing the other side of his life came later so this film captures that to my mind perfectly and i know not everyone's been reading comics as long as we have they're mainly based on things like the films and the tv shows and they're expecting another nolan trilogy which i'm glad we haven't got this has got the best of the nolan trilogy but directed far better and visually far more exciting in my opinion but it's far more a comic book movie but not a bubblegum one not a cheesy one not a marvel one an actual dark detective Batman one. And that's about it, I, I think, for my opinion on the film. And and the, the script itself, oh, yeah. the dialogue, Brand felt new. very, it felt very pulpy, like a mm, pulp paperback. Totally. Uh, Raymond Chandler or Elmer Leonard, you know, which was, was really a, a kind of a cool touch. And I wanted to ask, ask you, given that we did see, so much Batman and so little Bruce Wayne in this. What is your take on Pattinson as as Batman? Um, can't fault it. Dark, mysterious, doesn't give too much away. Is surprised by both Selina and Alfred. Um, is surprised by the world around him. Is forced to adapt and change. And we see him on the first steps on the road to becoming the greatest crime fighter the world has ever known. But this is still a Batman who's new, and that aspect of it I loved. And I just hope people will forget now the Twilight movies and everything about them. Look at his independent films and realize, well, hey, no, this guy is a really good actor. Yourself? Yeah. 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 I. Uh... I really think that he's going to put to rest a lot of people that were hating on him. 
And I think that it's going to be fun to watch him evolve playing this character. So, oh, yeah. you know, you're talking about a new trilogy. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing, like you, more Bruce Wayne and see what he brings to that side. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, it does seem like he has the, um, you know, the, the brooding Batman. And, you know, and it's tricky acting in a mask and bringing that kind of humanity. Totally. He, did, he, he did seem a little fragile and not quite... Um, confident yet as batman and he really brought that and that's not easy to do when you're in a mask so much of the movie but uh yeah i, I think he did a good job completely agree and or well, let's talk about robert pattinson because obviously we know that we've already spoken about the homages and influences we felt in this film but pattinson himself came out recently in the last few days to say which comics inspired his portrayal and his um role as the Batman, and they're not the comics you'd actually expect. Um, what did you make of this story? You know, I, I, uh, I want to find myself a copy of Batman Shaman, uh, you know, because I think that after this article gets out, I think people are, are going to try to find it. It might be a little harder to find. It's going to go uh, back into print after this article, I think. They're going to reprint yeah, it. They yeah. have to. And I wanted to kind of ask you, since you're the, the, such a Batman expert, um, what your take on the shaman story was? Was it and uh, maybe give me a little bit of context? Was it one issue? Was it like a mini series? Oh no, no, no! Uh, it's the like first. It was, a... it was issues one to five of uh, the uh, Legends of the Dark Knight series. Okay, okay, okay. That's um, the first was... brand new solo Batman book at that point for close to fifty years, and um, yeah, they did collect it in graphic novel form back in the oh. 80s 90s i believe which i've got a copy of and i've got the, the original five issues as well uh, you've probably seen it if you look uh, online it's the series that famously probably launched the um variant cover craze because they launched five blank covers in five solid um, colors like a, a bright orange a bright green a bright yellow with the actual comic cover underneath and people went mad collecting them all i didn't i just got the one um, but it's a brilliant story. Really good. Denny O'Neill. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, Denny O'Neill is so good. Um, you know, I, when I was reading the story and said, written by Denny O'Neill, that was it. I was like, yeah, I have to, I have to check this out. Oh, yeah. And, it, and it's kind of cool that he dug deep and not went to the standards. Of course, you know, Long Halloween. I think Long Halloween is, is a Batman story that, it, that, is always going to be referenced in Batman from here Absolutely. on out. So it, it's so classic and, and so iconic. And I think that, that, you know, of course he read that, but it's cool that he went a little deeper to read things like Shaman, uh, you know, and, and uh, I wonder if you read like, um, you know, like Batman cult and things like that. Some of those series that came out in the eighties when I first started uh, collecting. It feels so, yeah, a lot like the cool. cult this film. Yeah. 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 That's why I brought that up too. Yeah. I think that, um, yeah, I, I just really appreciate the fact that he did his homework, for sure. Do you think as well it was Matt Reeves' influence? Because he clearly, I mean, Matt Reeves is well documented as being a Batman ultra fan in our, on our level. And the fact that he referenced things, I mean, even like Batman Ego, which went out of print years ago and is back in print now, specifically because of this film. Um, so, again, I think Matt Reeves may have been that influence because he also referenced uh, The Man Who Falls, that six or seven page Batman origin from um, from the 80s and 90s as well. Because what Danielle Neal did with Shaman as well, 
is he managed to combine the pre-crisis origin with year one by adding a little insert of while he was dying and, and, and woozy from the blood loss of fighting in the streets with Selena and, and with uh, the the gang, that um, he does actually see a book on the mantle um, about criminal psychology. And yes, um, criminals are a superstition cowardly lot. And then he rings the bill for Alfred and it marries the two eras beautifully, plus throwing a little bit of mystique, a little bit of magic. And the fact that he had the totem of the bat when he was out in Alaska before he even donned the mantle and the costume. It's a cracking story. So if, if it does go back into print, highly recommended. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah. So let's move on from the Dark Knight slightly, even though I could talk about him all day, every day for the rest of my life and talk about something much lighter. And um, the HBO Max recently announced wonder twins movie now this has got me smiling what about you sir yeah i like this i, I like this idea uh it's going to be interesting to see I, I would think that wonder twins would make a perfect cw show in addition right. to that and now that the, the future of cw is kind of up in the air with it trying to be sold uh if you know, if the Arrowverse shows, the CW shows, end up on HBO Max as their new home, it would be cool to see this kind of you know enter into that world. Because, like the story says, it was they were referenced in the end of uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, so mm-hmm. it would be cool to kind of get that connection. Uh, you know, so I, yeah, I, I think this uh, this could be fun, and it could be fun for a lot. Of people that um, whose introduction to DC was the Super Friends, because I knew there's a lot of people out there where that was the case. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what happens with this. Uh, what about you? Exactly, we we are of the hive mind once again, my friend. Because yes, <laughs> alongside Adam West's Batman, the '70s Super Friends TV show was my one of my many gateways into the DC universe. And uh, the Wonder Twins were two characters that I loved as a child. The fact that there was a brother and sister who just pumped fist, and surely they were one of the first teams of characters to do that, to activate their powers by being together. And he could turn into a, a whirlpool or fog or mist or anything water-based, and she could turn into any animal. I just thought that was so cool. And the recent series by Mark Russell, um for the rebirth i absolutely loved every issue of that so if they managed to tie the comics in with the mention from the cw and hey let's remember it's official it's a multiverse again they did it on tv first before marvel did it with uh, spider-man and the most recent spider-man movie in the next doctor strange movie because uh the flash of the movies ezra miller has met grant gustin the flash of the tv show and we've had Brandon Routh reprises Superman and interact with um, the Smallville Superman and with Tyler Hecklin from TV. Oh, anything can happen. And it's just going to be great fun because those two characters are fun, fun characters. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now, the next story is a character who's not so much fun, though the trailer looks absolutely hilarious. And it could be our last chance to hear at least uh, Matt Ryan as Constantine, as it's coming out, Constantine House of Mystery on Blu-ray release date with some of the other excellent animated shorts. What did you make of the trailer and of this story of seeing more Matt Ryan as Constantine? Yeah, I I, I hope that um, 
he can still continue on in some way to play the character. Uh, he's he's so good at it, and he he just owns it. I just I, I want him to continue. And if it's just his voice, and I will take just his voice. Uh, I'm looking forward to the shorts. Constantine's one of my he's up there in my DC character list. Some of the my favorite DC stories are Constantine stories. Uh, so I, I love the idea that he's getting these animated shorts. Uh, it will be out. Uh, on May 3rd, so you don't have that long uh, long to wait. And we all know that uh, DC really knocks it out of the park with um, these animated films and these animated shorts. Uh, you know, I uh, we're also getting well, Green Arrow, Catwoman, and the Spectre, who's also showed up in the past. So yeah, I, I'm I'm absolutely I'm absolutely looking forward uh, forward to this. And uh, the retail price isn't that bad. Uh, 25 US, uh, 30 Canadian. Uh, so, yeah, pick it up on May 3rd. Uh, what about you? I'll definitely be buying that because uh, obviously I haven't seen many of the shorts. And the one I'm dying to see is the death one because I've heard so many great things. And you know how I feel about death and all the endless and all yeah, the Sandman too. characters. So, yeah, 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 yeah have yeah. to have to catch that. Absolutely. Yeah, right. that up. Oh yeah, have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Yeah. That one's the one I have to have to see. Yeah. Right. So that's the movie news for the week. So we're going to take a short break and hear about some of the other great shows on this network and our sister networks. And we'll be back soon with the rest of episode one five three of the DC Comics News podcast. We'll be right back to talk TV streaming and comics. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating 
Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** that. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this, someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. We have returned. We've talked about movies, Batman, Wonder Twins, Constantine. Now let's talk about TV and starting with, well, a former superhero who's just had her directorial debut on Superman and Lois. Amy Jo Johnson, the original Pink Ranger, has directed a episode of Superman and Lois and her approach. Well, it made me smile. What do you make of this story, Brad? Uh, I really like that she is is directing now. Uh, and, and kind of keeping it in the uh, the nerd the nerd world. Uh, I I think she can bring a lot to what she learned uh, as a Pink Ranger and as her, you know as and as a filmmaker. Uh, you know, and I, I just love that they gave her a chance, and you know how she had to to learn to use the zooms. Because, you know, it, it's just it's really cool that she can. Um, you know, learn and bring what she knows as an actress into in, in into directing episodes, and I hope she sticks around and uh, and directs some more. Uh, what about you? Completely agree. I mean, she was one of the better actors on the original Power Rangers. Let's be fair, and yeah. a, a good actress and a very talented lady, singer, songwriter, musician. And she's done a couple of indie movies, which is what led her to this. And she decided to direct the episode in a cinematic style. She didn't want to make it like a dumbed down or budget TV thing. She's she's used wide angle lenses. She's used the whole uh, array of tricks in the book. And yeah, I haven't seen the episode as yet, but I'm loving Superman and Lois. I'm loving Tyler Hecklin. Bitsy Tullock's always been one of my favourite actresses. So the show is a firm favourite. It's helped with the loss of Arrow. And having Superman on TV again is just a wonderful thing because we can forget the last TV Superman. Uh, obviously not uh, Tom Welling, of course. Smallville was great, but he wasn't really Superman until the final episode. I'm talking about the other Superman who should remain lameless. 
because um so (laughs) amy joe johnson yeah great choice former superhero talented lady good director um hey maybe she make an appearance in a later episode down down the line and we'll have like we had in the comic books a uh, dc comics and power rangers crossover we can dream (laughs) it is the multiverse hey you never know we had the justice league power rangers comic book and it was great fun so you know anything can happen in the world of the nerdosphere as you and i both know (laughs) moving on from power rangers um let's talk about another group of heroes knights to be exact gotham knights and pre-production and uh design work has finished and the pilot is due to begin filming next month what did you make of this news uh this is exciting uh i just hope it gets picked up because if they if they uh film it now uh you know they might be able to get it together um for the fall if they like what they see um they can get at least a few episodes out in the fall before taking maybe a a winter break so it would be great to see this this year i mean maybe that's wishful thinking but um yeah i I, I really like seeing this come together and with the, you know, and I know it's not connected to the video game, but the, with the release date of the video game still kind of up in the air, uh, it, it's kind of good to have this to look forward to. So I, I, I just really hope it gets picked up and I'm glad that we're going to hopefully see it sooner rather than later. Uh, what about you? Oh, well, I'm excited about the whole thing. I mean, the list of characters, we still don't know who's exactly going to be in it, though. We worked out the last time I was on the show that one of them has to be Jason Todd or what are they talking about? Yeah. Right, right. But I mean, as a Batwoman fan, obviously, you've got to be excited by the fact that it's made by the same people as well. Yeah. 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 That's true. So you always bring up things I forget. That's good. We, not like we have the high mind, but yeah. We are the same brain in two bodies. That's scary. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, because you and I both agree that Batwoman's in a great place and seems to be somehow getting better season by season. So having these guys who are already familiar with Gotham and its characters launching another gotham series though again people will say oh, batman universe overexposed blah 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 well hey if no one wanted to watch it we wouldn't have a season three of batwoman and they wouldn't be making the show in the first place let's face it um batman is the go-to character for dc for a reason not just for the sake of it but because this guy sells stuff um this guy is popular yeah. and this movie well what can I say? Gotham is the place to be. Wouldn't want to live there, but it's definitely. Yeah, the place you know, to be. you uh, not only you know is Batman kind of like the go-to character for DC. I, I think in a lot of ways, Batman is the go-to superhero. Mm. No matter what, he, he, you know, uh, even in the age where we have so many superhero movies coming out, Batman still is the go-to no matter what. There is such an appeal to the character such an appeal to the world and the villains and uh people just can't get enough and like you said if if people didn't want it there wouldn't be three seasons of batwoman there wouldn't be five seasons of gotham you know and you know if people want it let's just give them a good show and the people behind it are definitely talented enough so yeah yeah more Batman. 
we're getting a third season of Pennyworth, a show not even I particularly wanted at first, but having seen two seasons and falling in love with every single cast member and every single episode, I can say, well, bring it on. If it's well made, if it's well written, well directed, well acted, bring it on. If they start churning out drivel, then no, I will lose interest. But while they're keeping up the quality, I mean, what's there to complain about? Yeah. You know, that's 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 important, too, is that... Um not you know i always say oh it's a good time to be a dc fan it's a good time to like this stuff but one of the reasons why is not only is there so much out there but the quality uh over the past i don't know what 10 10 years i mean the quality has just been really exceptional uh overall and that that's uh that's important as well absolutely couldn't agree more sir and um well we know that DC recently, I mean, no one's really complained too much about anything they've released on TV or in the movie. I mean, a few naysayers about Wonder Woman, which I thought was great fun, but hey, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Same with the TV. They're going great guns in TV and animation with Constantine and the shorts. But let's talk about, obviously, something that everyone has to agree with, that right now DC Comics are in a fantastic spot. Now, March was uh, a big month for comics with lots of announcements like uh, Death of the Justice League, Dark Crisis. But to me, March, particularly March 1st, was Nice House on the Lake Day because we had the graphic novel release and the first issue of Volume 2, Issue 7 of the actual monthly comic as well. Now, I know you're as huge a fan of this series as I am. What do you think about the latest Nice House on the Lake releases? Uh, You know... Oh, man, I have not. Now, I, I did read issue, uh, the newest issue. I did do that. But I have not um, been able to pick up the collection yet. Uh, I I just got back from being out of town, uh, visited my, my sister in Rhode Island, Florida. And I did go to a comic shop while I was there. But um, they did not have it in. Uh, so I have not been able to pick it up. Um, but I really like the new issue and I can't wait. Um, I, I, I can't wait to read them all together. Uh, so I will reread the newest issue once I get the collection. Um, so yeah, I wanted to ask you, I'm, I'm sure you've gotten the collection and it was there bonus material in it. Uh, you know, Oh yeah. Um, yeah. cause I figured there, there would be some good stuff. Yeah, the main and variant covers, plus at the back, a whole selection of about 20-odd, like, really rare variants, like the comic yeah. book exclusive variants, um, right. some sketches from Alvaro uh, Martinez, who's, uh, for me, one of the greatest talents out there right now because it's so fresh, it's so different. This is the comic that makes uh, two teenagers lounging around in their um, rubble-filled room, which reminded me of my college years and everything else. He's an artist who can make the mundane fascinating with the books right. he puts on the shelves, the comics that are lying on the floor, the piles of clothes, um, the posters on the wall with uh, Jim Lee's Batman yes. and um, a, a copy of Frank Miller's All-Star Batman and Robin on a desk. And he's just great. And yeah. the whole series, without giving too much away, because people out there, you need to read this comic. It's a horror comic, but... It's one that turns the whole idea of paradise and everything you wish for not being all it could be when you actually get it. And it's one of those series that blew me away. Yes, we get every DC comic for free. Don't be bad to review digitally. But then 
the best ones I will go out and buy. All the Batman books, Nightwing, I will go out and buy physically. I bought every issue of The Nice House on the Lake. I have the collected edition and I got issue seven. And yep, hive mind again. As soon as I got the book, I read it and I read issue seven directly after again. And yeah, the book's lovely, well worth getting. I'm surprised I didn't do a hardback because it deserves yeah, it. Yeah, 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 me too. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad. I was going to say that I'm glad that you you brought up the art. Uh, yeah. Because not only is the story, I, there's never been a horror story quite like this, and definitely not a horror comic like this. Um, but there are certain certain collaborations that it would just not be the same. Preacher would not be the Absolutely. same without Steve Dillon's art. This oh, yes. would not be, this story would not be the same without the art. And for exactly the reasons that you mentioned, the, the detail and uh, just, just the way it's effortlessly eerie. Um, it's just a perfect combination. And I just don't think it would work as well without the art. And I, I think that this has got to be either a movie or I, I think it would be a cool series. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, it's got to be making the rounds around Hollywood. Somebody's going to pick this up because this had this is this is too good not to not to be uh, you know adapted into some kind of live action form. But um, yeah, it, it's probably easily one of the best horror comics you know, in the last you know in the last decade for sure. So yeah, if you're not reading this now, is the perfect time to get caught up. The collection's out now, and the newest issue, issue seven's out now. So, yeah, do yourself a favor uh, and pick this up. Uh, I, I, it's pretty safe to say that if you are a comic fan in any way, that you will find something to enjoy in this. You don't even have to be a horror fan. Oh, yeah, completely. I mean, you and I frequently say that when it comes to variety and different kinds of comics, DC are killing it right now from their kids' books, the young adult books, uh, teenagers, everything in between. But this is a comic you want to give to people who may not have even read a comic, who doesn't even know what a comic's about, who don't care about superheroes and never will, because there isn't a punch-throwing, tight-wearing character in sight. This is a story of ordinary people thrown into a really extraordinary um sequence of events and just people getting together and having the world turned upside down on them so like you said brad you can pick up issues one to six in one gorgeous volume for less than 20 bucks and issue seven's just come out a week ago grab it love it enjoy it you will not be sorry uh i, I can't see anyone who wants to read something different something serious and something gorgeous to look at who would not love the nice house on the lake so definitely highly recommended indeed now sticking on the supernatural side of things we've already spoken about nice house on the lake and john constantine but where would john be without the premier lady of magic in the dc universe satana who dc comics have just announced will be getting a brand new young adult graphic novel this summer in zatanna the jewel of gravesend and this book looks gorgeous brad are you a zatanna fan my friend oh yes and it's going to be based in coney island are you kidding me oh man that is oh i can't wait uh and like you said they've really been knocking it out of the park with these young adult um, graphic novels that they've been publishing i you know really i don't think that they've published a bad one uh you know uh even if i'm not necessarily the target audience there is so much to to you can get out of these stories i i can't wait and the art is great i, I love the colors the color palette 
of the blues and purples and pinks on the cover and in the inside art. Um, yeah, this one, this this is probably the the young adult graphic novel that I'm looking forward to most out of all, unless, uh, you know, Cami Garcia comes out with another one of her Teen Titan books. Um, yeah, I, I really, really looking forward to this. And I know you're a Satana fan, so I'm sure you are as well. Dude, the last two sentences you you spoke were literally ripped out of my brain pan because I said, yeah, <laughs> out of all the young adult graphic novels coming out this year, this is my number one, unless Cami Garcia does <laughs> another Titans book. So, yeah, completely agree. I mean, let's talk about the creators here. Alice Arden, fantastic writer, uh, the brains behind the Casket Girls, and this artwork by Jacqueline de Leon. Oh, wow. It is beautiful beautiful colors but not just like um the standard comic book colors it's dark blues and purples and reds and magical colors and you know it better than anybody that location coney island the boardwalk it's a place of magic for every child who's ever been there and yeah. the fact that this is where Zatanna grew up, this is where she had her first kiss, and this is the basis, the place where this story takes place. And the three images we've had so far, um, that young blonde fella, um, is it me or could that be a certain Mr. Constantine? Mm. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I think you're probably right. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, yeah. Zatanna for me. Like could be. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, is... What could be better? But the thing is, is that, you know, I like the character so much that, and, you know, I've just said how much I like Constantine, but I like the Zatanna character so much that I don't even care if that is Constantine or not. I want, Fact. you know, this is all about her and I can't wait to, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm psyched for this one. Completely. I mean, this one, whether I, I get a digital copy to read or not, is definitely on the buy list because of Zatanna. I don't know if I mentioned it to you, I think I mentioned it to everyone in the whole world and bored them to tears with it, that if Bruce Wayne wasn't with Catwoman, Z is who I'd want him to be with, especially after the wonderful detective comics run of stories by Paul Dini and the way that she's a part of Bruce's training and background with him earning his apology from uh, Giovanni Zatara, uh, her dad. So, you know, this is a book that I need to put on my shelf and if it's the same format and size that lovely almost square size that the uh, titans books are then it'll fit on the shelf right next to those brilliantly yeah yeah absolutely brilliant well that brings us to the end of the official news for the week but obviously um brad and i as there's only two of us do you want to talk about what else you've been watching or reading in the worlds of dc over the last couple of days Oh, man, I got uh, caught up on Batwoman. Um, I think a little later today, I'm going to be getting caught up with the latest episode of um, uh, Superman and Lois. Uh, I'm, I'm really liking both of these current seasons. Uh, of course, uh, uh, saw the Batman. Uh, was blown away. Uh, uh, I, I really wish I could say I was reading that collected Nice House on the Lake, but hopefully this week I'll be able to get to, uh, get to a shop and pick one up. Uh, I am reading um, this the seventh issue. I just I just finished uh, of Nice House on the Lake. Uh, the Batman uh, Killing Time issue one uh, was pretty good. Oh uh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rereading a bit of uh, Imposter now that that is um, coming out, and I got caught up a little bit because i hadn't had a chance to read the first issue of uh jocks one dark night 
which All I right. really enjoy. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing where he goes, how he goes with that one. Um, and uh, guys, if you, you are not watching Peacemaker, it's, it's now the whole, every episode is streaming. Yes. So get on it. I cannot tell you how, how much I love Peacemaker. Um, you know, it's, it's only the beginning of March and we've had a, really good year of content so far oh uh, yeah from DC. It's, it's it's kind of uh it's kind of amazing in fact i don't know if i ever remember uh kind of a winter that was so jam-packed with fresh content so um there is a lot out there guys so get on it but that yeah that, that's what i've been uh, reading and watching in the dc world lately uh, what about you completely yeah i mean a lot of the same stuff actually batwoman superman and lois but that finale of peacemaker again i'm not going to give anything away but there's a cameo at the end which will blow <laughs> everyone's yep. collected minds and anyone who thinks that tv shows can't match the grandeur the spectacle or the surprise of the movies think again watch peacemaker buy peacemaker this the, the second this is out on blu-ray it's getting bought it's joined Doom Patrol at the very tip top of the list of my favourite TV shows. It's superb, irreverent, stupid, but action packed, thought provoking. And who knew um, that John Cena had that range? I mean, I'd seen his movies and he was okay. He was no Dwayne Johnson. But now, after Peacemaker, I actually say he could be the best wrestler turned actor ever. Um, Batista's great as well, but. Yeah. I don't I haven't seen the range from the other two that I've seen in Cena in this series. So it, the the scene where he's naming random celebrities was, mm-hmm. was completely <laughs> completely improvised off the top of his head, and I yep. think there, it might be. It, I don't know if it's an uh, is an extended it's, it's bit at the end of or, the episode. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Um, but that's that was that was a lot of fun. So he does have range and he does have talent, oh. and you know it's yeah. I I, uh, I I love him in this role and. The things that James Gunn does with music is just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, his use of hair metal in this series has just been great. And I... I was I a teen again, brother, listening yeah, to this exactly. TV show. Yeah, I don't think that I've had this much respect for 80s metal in a long time. And uh, he's just brilliant about how you... The only other person that compares is maybe Quentin Tarantino, but they, mm-hmm. you know they are right up there with how how they use music and and his work. I just I absolutely love it. So yeah, definitely check out Peacemaker. There is no bad time to rock out. Yeah. so yeah peacemaker definitely nice house on the lake obviously killing time again that was a nice first issue and well tom king you either love him or hate him i'm a fan so loving that um what else was there i've been revisiting sandman stuff for a a podcast Uh on our sister network comics in motion and because of that i've reread neil gaiman's black orchid as well forgot how stunning that is absolutely great and because of um recent run of batman urban legends i've dug out grant morrison's three issue kid eternity um miniseries as well because i'd forgotten about that character and that uh stint on urban legends has made me uh dig those up too so yeah a very interesting week and like you said i mean three months in if you're a DC fan, you must be a very, very happy fan right now. And not just 
the standards, not just your Justice Leagues, your Supermans, your Batmans, your Wonder Womans, the diversity of your Doom Patrols, your Titans, um, your Peacemakers, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great time to be a fan. Some really wise guy says that all the time. <laughs> Love that guy. He's so cool. <laughs> oh, absolutely. If you see him next in the mirror, just say hi. so that's it that's our tv movies and comic book news for another week thank you for joining us thank you for listening to us but hey this isn't all there is there's more brad tell gothamites everywhere where they can hear your voice and read your work my friend Uh, you can find me writing news reviews dccomicsnews.com you can also find me on mad love Harley Quinn podcast, part of the DC Comics News Podcast Network. And you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. And where can people find you? On this wonderful show, many, many weeks, on the show I create with my offspring, Adam, I Am The Night, where we talk about Batman the Animated Series, every single episode, week by week, movie by movie, chapter by chapter. And you can catch me every now and then as guest on many comics and motion shows. And of course, if you want to read my work, just type Steve J. Ray or Fantastic Universes into your search engine of choice to read my news, reviews, features and interviews across DC Comics News, Dark Knight News, my own site, Fantastic Universes and CBR. But on Twitter, you can chat to me about anything you like. And if you want to chat to me about Batman, as long as it's positive, I'll chat back. If it's negative, I will ignore you. And if you're offensive, I will block you at Elstevo, E-L underscore S-T-E-E-V-O. The DC Comics News Network can be found everywhere you find podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, every podcast catcher you can dream of. You can catch DC Comics News and our sister site, Dark Knight News, where we write about lots of Batman-flavoured things all across the internet and on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube. We are there for your comic book pleasure. But... Until we meet again in seven days' time, hopefully there's something you must remember to do, and that is to read more comics. Oh, yes, those wonderful comics. Let's get those wonderful toys. 